Greetings. Welcome to Podcast 8 in my series, How to Be a Competent Self-Manager for Health and Well-Being. And that's really important to be a competent self-manager for reducing experiences of anxiety and depression and to be the most empowered, authentic person, to be the you that you are meant to be, not fettered by all the things that you've learned to do that just don't work, that lead to those feelings of helplessness and hopelessness that are hallmarks of anxiety and depression. So how do we get you to be more effective in making these changes? Well, we've talked about some skills in the last last couple of podcasts just to provide relief to symptoms. And we're going to talk more about relieving symptoms because it's hard to do anything when you have well, that skin popping, skin crawling, or heavy lead weight feeling of anxiety and depression. So we need to relieve those symptoms. And if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts, you'll start to recognize some skills and you can start to to utilize them. It's very important. The key thing in this series is that anxiety and depression and all these these diagnoses that are out there, you know, barring some organic or inherited things, which anxiety and depression are not in your genes. Neither is OCD and all those other kinds of things. Those are learned things, learned. And if your family has them, well, there you go. You learned it from them. Accidentally, though, not purposely, accidentally. So you can unlearn things, and that's really great because your brain is neuroplastic. Now, you might be saying, why should I listen to you, Lori? By the way, I am Lori Olson, and I'm a psychotherapist because I've had years of success really helping people with really intense problems. And presently, I'm at a, a clinic where people will pay $30,000 a month to come to this clinic. And I'm seeing people with all kinds of intense problems and they're getting relief. So I know this stuff works and it's not my invention, but I have brought together all the really wonderful things that really strong psychotherapists are using all over the planet to help people make change. So that's a good reason to to follow this series. And, you know, you're getting the series for free. So it's really worth listening to. If you have questions, you can send them to Lori, L-O-R-I, at adptherapy.com. I'm happy to point you in the direction that you might need to help make those changes. In the meanwhile, let's just talk about relationships. Because if you recall in the beginning uh, of the series, I also stated that the woes of all people with anxiety, depression, OCD, you know, compulsive, rigid behaviors. I have to do it this way. I'm afraid to go out. Uh, you know, what if and that sort of thing. These rigid behaviors are all defensive behaviors. Defensive of what? A feeling that I'm good enough. That I'm good enough to be in relationship with other people. I won't be rejected. I won't be criticized. I won't be seen as a failure. People need to connect with each other. We are so wired, really wired with our neurocircuitry to connect. Right from the start when we're little babies, a mom gazing into the eyes of her little baby. It is so important and critical for the way our uh, nervous pathways develop. So people are wired to connect. So I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever felt in the middle of a crowd and still felt alone? I'm sure you have. And that's a stinky, crummy feeling. And the more you feel alone and separated and not good enough, that's really at the heart why people do anxious and depressed things. 
to make sure that they defend themselves from feeling that very feeling because it stinks so much. So people are, are wired to connect with each other. And how do we do that? How can you be in a crowd and still feel alone? Well, the answer is because you're physically there with a lot of people, but they just don't get you. They don't get you. And being gotten by another human being is like the nectar, nectar, the elixir of uh, a magic formula. It's what we all desire and crave, to be in right relationship and connected with others. Well, this series of being a competent self-manager is because it's really hard to be in right relationship with others unless you also have a good, solid, right relationship with yourself. But with this series, I'm going to address the importance of you having people really, truly, actively listen to you. And also, when you speak to others, how you can really actively listen to them by not putting your perspective on the world as if it's truth for everyone, it's your truth for sure. Of course it's your truth. But that other person has his or her truth as well. So if you're not able to listen to it and you and you accidentally, maybe well-intended, accidentally lay your truth with reasons or explanations or advice, maybe well-intended, but you're accidentally dismissing the other person. So let me just go through some key principles here to build right relationships and to really build the emotional intimacy that we all desire with our friends, with our family, with our you know, siblings, children, spouses, significant others. You know, this is what it takes to build emotional intimacy. So people need to feel connected to others and they do feel connected to others with, uh, when people take the time to accept, validate, and understand their internal experiences. We're not human doers, we're human beings. And that may sound trite, but it's actually hits it right on the on the head of the nail we can do things alongside someone you know family members do that all the time they go to work they come back they watch tv they're human doers and you can spend a lot of time side by side with someone at work and still don't know them beyond the acquaintance level we become bonded when somebody starts sharing oh i really like this or i don't like that and an active listener would, would go what's What's terrible about that? Oh, I seem to like that. See, that listener is not putting the universal truth that this is something good on top of the other person and accidentally dismissing them. But that person gets so-and-so doesn't like that. I wonder what's that about. People feel disconnected or dismissed by others when people either purposely or inadvertently, as I was just speaking to you about, deny or or void, wash it out, erase it, or do not listen to their internal experiences, their opinions, their feelings, their wants, their needs, their desires. It's their unique feeling perspective. And this typically happens when people use reasons and logic as a response to someone who has an emotional response. So I think we've mentioned this earlier on the series, but it, 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 it's worth repeating. If you're using logic to reason away someone else's feelings, the person's going to feel dismissed. It's like going to a funeral. Maybe you heard me say this. Going to a funeral and people say, you know, if they're believers and spiritual, they say, oh, that person's gone to a better place. Well, that person may also agree with you in their, in their, in their spirituality, but they don't want to hear that right then and there. What they want to hear is, oh, 
this stinks. I'm so sorry. How are you? And, and have that compassion of, that this is a terrible, terrible loss to that person. Okay? People want to be heard. They want to be accepted, validated, and understood. They don't want their stuff solved until they're ready to move from that emotion, which what does it mean to me, into a problem-solving stage. Okay? So when you're using logic, even though it's well-intended, now remember, this is not judging anybody's intentions. There have been plenty of people that have the greatest intentions on the planet, but boy, they don't communicate their inner intentions very well. They just, you know, they're full of fear. So they, they really strike down on kids very, with harsh punitive punishments when those kids do something wrong. And the kids, you know, assessment of it is, whoa, that parent really thinks I'm a failure or a jerk. When the parent may, in fact, be coming from a spot of, I'm just so scared something might happen to you right? So we don't understand someone's internal experience unless we share it in a way that's with this act of listening, which I'm not going to get to today, but I'm really setting the ground work for so that you understand how truly important it is for you to feel connected. And when you feel connected, how extraordinarily wonderful that feels that you know that people get you. You might ask yourself now, is there someone who truly gets me? really gets me. And just compare that to other um, relationships where people don't get you, even though well-intended, right? And so if you have one or two people that uh, get you, you know, kind of consider what's different about this? Well, how do they communicate to me? How is it that they get me? How do I feel? You probably feel safe to express different opinions with them and they're not going to just dismiss them or or, uh, label you or judge you or any of those sort of things. So it's safe to say that if you're being in a reactive mode, that's, a, that's an emotional part of the brain. That's not, you're not operating from your logic. That means anybody that you see that's kind of reactive, I think you can tell when somebody's being emotional, this means that the best way to respond to them is going to be with this active listening stuff which we're going to talk with about in more detail in the very next podcast. It's going to help you understand what is going on inside them. What is their perspective rather than just Maybe solving the wrong problem. Solving a problem that you think it is, but you really haven't heard them, so you really don't know what that's about. And I can give another example from kids, but this applies to everybody. If a child really wants to, you know, some, some video game or something or some style of clothing that all his, his or her peers are, are wearing, and, you know, some parents just come down, oh, that's stupid, we don't, we don't need that. Uh, are you just, you, you're spoiled, you want to have all these games. Or that thinking it's just the game itself or the style that's so important. And you can start explaining how, you know, it just has a design or a label on it and all that other kind of stuff. Or you can ridicule it as being something stupid. But all those things are just dismissing what's going on. You might be making an assumption about what's important about that to the kid until you ask, well, geez, it seems like you really want that. What, what, what seems to be important, not why. Why invites logic, reason, because it's, it's, you know, it's cool. Everybody has it. All right, everybody has it. What's important about having something that everybody else has? Now you might start getting into, you know, what's really like for that, that child? The answer might be, I don't want to be the odd one. Oh, see, there you go, relationship. I want to feel connected. I don't want to look stupid compared to everybody else. Everybody else has it, and I want to be like them, right? So that's, that's an example of how, if you peel things back, 
typically goes back to, I want to feel valued in the eyes of someone else. You know, that's what we all want. And that is not a crime. That is the way we are wired. So if you're not feeling valued in the eyes of someone else, of course you're going to feel alone. Of course you're going to feel depressed. It doesn't take a lot of people for some. It just, if you're an introvert, you just may need one or two or, you know, really close friends and some acquaintances. If you're an extrovert, you may have higher requirements to feel connected. And that's how extroverts recharge themselves, by being social. But it doesn't mean that everybody's got to get you. You need to have some people that really get you. Okay, so I'm Lori Olson. I'm a psychotherapist, and I've been helping people with really intense problems all over the, um, the spectrum of problems. And the things I'm telling you in this podcast series are things that people are paying a lot of money to hear. And it's not that I'm inventing it. It's just I've put it together in a way that is really useful so that you can get real change within 30 days. So if you take all these podcast uh, tips very seriously and do them, and that's an if. If you do this, I'm going to say you will change. So it's just not, that would be uh, doing it would mean it's not a matter of if, but it becomes when, right? So you can check out more of my stuff on Facebook. Uh, discover me PG as in progress group discover me PG or go to my website a as in anxiety D as in depression P pain therapy ADP therapy.com it's all kinds of resources there for you including about remote neurofeedback I'm a big fan of neurofeedback so um, send me your questions Lori at ADP therapy.com and stay tuned for podcast nine which will have Really more specific things about how people connect through active listening and clean language.